Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show, and thanks as always for stopping in to have a chat with me about what's going on in the market, and uh, really all things uh, stocks, investing, business, uh, sometimes just uh, personal thoughts and opinions on what's going on out there. But uh, yeah, we've always got uh, some links in the description to help get you started, whether you're looking to get into uh, crypto stocks, ETFs, uh, or setting up an IRA, uh, we've got links to, to get you there. And uh, those are for E-Trade, Crypto.com, Webull, and uh, Binance. We're doing the uh, Let It Grow Investing Challenge over there on uh, Webull. Uh, that way we can do the fractional shares. And I'm putting in $200 every week, like clockwork, on Mondays uh, in order to dollar cost average into this abysmal market. It's been something fierce out there. And, uh, you know, right when we think it might turn around, might get better, you get that uh, Fed pivot talk, closed room meetings, and, uh, you know, none of that really comes to fruition. So, um, what I'm looking at now, uh, we've got, uh, we had the PPI come out yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, I'm recording this on Thursday. It's going to be a busy weekend for me. And, uh, we've also had the, the CPI now come out and, uh, both came in hotter than expected. And, uh, I'm looking over at the, uh, September CPI on uh, Washington post website. And it says the latest inflation report was driven by increased costs for shelter, medical, health insurance, new vehicles, home furnishings, and education. Uh, we're also seeing higher prices in these categories that have all persisted for months. And we're only partly offset by a 4.9% drop in gasoline, which is now coming back up. Thank you, OPEC and OPEC Plus, uh, cutting those additional 2 million barrels out of production and uh, in an already low inventory environment. So that is definitely hurting us out there. But uh, we're still seeing this, um, you know, this inflation just creep up, creep up, regardless of what the Fed seems to do to hammer this thing down. Uh, it looks like the consumer is just strong. We keep spending. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the cost for those uh, businesses are still going up in the same realm. But, uh, you know, the, the consumer is really continuing to buy these higher price items is really the uh, the burden that we all bear as uh, as consumers. It just keeps on going. So even at the uh, the grocery store earlier, I definitely notice it. Uh, you know, something as simple as bagels that are made there in the store used to be three fifty for a six pack, and now they're five dollars. Uh, so you know that's a pretty substantial increase uh, on a percentage basis. You know, so it's all, everywhere in the store though. It's not just one item. It's not just uh, a, a couple of things. It's not just luxury things. It's everything in that store has gone up exponentially. And uh, it's definitely hard out there. So people are still spending. We are, aren't really seeing the uh, the pullback. Uh, I guess we noticed the prices, but we're willing to pay for it. So that is, uh, is definitely uh, something that we need to watch and something that uh, I think once that breaks, once people actually stop spending on some of these higher ticket items, we're going to see it ripple through the whole market. And uh, eventually it will slow down or the Fed's just going to hammer it down, down our throats that, uh, you know, hey, you're not going to have money for this. We're going to crash the market. We're going to take away this, that, the other, your interest rates. Uh, you know, when we look back, uh, I refinanced our house at the end of 2020 
got it down to a two and a half percent interest rate. Uh, that was on a 15 year at the time. But uh, I know some people did get a two and a half percent on a 30 year, uh, more so into 2021. But now when you look at these rates, we're creeping up on 7%. So when you're looking at it, uh, you know, we're almost three times where some of these interest rates were uh, at the beginning of 2021 on a 30 year. And uh, we're about half percent away. So it's uh, it's definitely creeping up. I saw something that a, a $500,000 house you could have got at uh, about a price of $1,950 a month on a 30 year. And now it's about $3,300 just thanks to this additional interest. So that is eventually going to have its ripple effect that, uh, you know, the housing prices are going to come down as people aren't going to be able to afford these uh, these higher price homes. And uh, we're not going to be able to afford a lot of other, you know, uh, luxury items when we're paying all these higher prices to uh, to have shelter, to have food. So eventually it's got to ripple through the market. That's at least my thoughts right now. But um, yeah, what do we got? Uh, when I'm looking at the Fed rate tools, you know, when we when we saw both of these reports, CPI and PPI, the market uh, futures were looking red. They were looking brutal. Uh, when I saw CPI this morning, we were down significantly. I mean, to the point where I didn't even want to look at the market when I when the market opened. Uh, so it was substantially lower right at the open, but then somehow we turned around. I'm not sure why. I can't really call it. Uh, I don't know if it's just that we're oversold. If people just decided, hey, this is a buying point. Um, you know, there's been a couple talks of the, you know the Fed eventually raising at the next meeting, but then kind of pausing and seeing what's going to happen. We've uh, we've seen some of that talk. I think a lot of people already knew we were going to get this 75 basis point hike at the next meeting. That's kind of been cooked in. I'm looking over at the uh, CME uh, Fed Watch tool. We're currently at a, a Fed target rate of 3% to 3.25%. And now we are a 95% probability of going to 375 to 4% uh, with only 5% saying we're going to a full 100 basis point move to that four to 4.25. So that's what it's looking like for the December, uh, for the November meeting, sorry. And then December, we are looking at uh, another potentially to go to four and a quarter to 450 at a 37% probability right now, or to get another 75 basis point hike from that 375 to four to get up to 450 or 4.75. Uh, and that's a 62% probability. And only a couple people thinking that we're getting to that 475 to 5%. That's only 1.4%. So most people think by December, that Fed target rate is going to get to 4.5% to 4.75%. So that is going to still further push uh, mortgage rates or interest rates up above 7% by the end of the year. There's there's no doubt about it with these, uh, these two more planned um, interest rate hikes. It's just kind of getting to the point where it's baked in. So I don't know if people really started thinking, hey, look, yeah, we knew this was coming and, uh, you know, time to kind of bear down and, and buy something. The uh, The market is probably in that oversold territory after some of the sell-offs that we've had. We're certainly trending way down from where we were. But uh, in my brokerage account today, I'm up 2.15%, which doesn't make any sense because I was Two negative two percent 
when uh, the market opened this morning. So it is a massive 4% swing. I really don't understand as to why or what is making people buy, whether it's got to be some uh, some institutional buying going on. And uh, I think they got to, you know, put their put dip their toes in the water somewhere in order to have something that resembles some kind of green on their uh, spreadsheets for end of year in order to get their customers coming back to do this again next year and ultimately still be in the market. It is just painful. It is painful to see. But, uh, you know, we got to stay on track. We know that this happens. You know, it's, it's not the first time we've hit a recession. It's not the first time we've run into problems. Uh, you know, for me, it's more on that first-ish time. I've been through kind of the trade war with Trump. We, we went through the COVID thing. But uh, it's one of the more problematic sell-offs that I've had in my investing tenure. Uh, so, I mean... It's uh, it's one of them things you got to stay the course. And I talked about that last time that uh, you really need to come up with this plan and know that uh, things are going to get bad. There's going to be great times. There's going to be bad times. But ultimately, uh, I'm investing for that long term. And, you know, I've got uh, a solid 30 years until I'm retiring. Um, you know, now when I'm looking at investing for my children and trying to get uh, to those college days, that's a lot closer. And I, I actually sat and thought about that earlier. I was like, man, I've got 30 years until I'm, you know, at that full retirement age where I really can draw on all this money and be in that lesser of a tax bracket. But, uh, you know, my, my oldest will be in school in 12 years. And the fact that he's six and thinking, hey, I got 12 years to build up a, a college account for him is like, man, that's a that's a quick turnaround. So, I still do want to be buying. You know, I, I know that it's uh, it's tough out there, but uh, you know, one of the things that I've been putting into his, um, it's a custodial custodial account that I have for him on E Trade. We do have a five twenty nine, but uh, this one on E Trade that I've been building up a position for both of my boys. Uh, one of the ones that I'm really adding into is uh, a spy S and P five hundred index, but this one is their growth index. So let me uh, let me flip over to their portfolio and take a look here. So uh, Spy G is one of the ones that I've been looking to. It's the the largest position in their accounts. There is some Disney. There's some other stuff. Uh, there's some growth uh, stocks that are tucked in there as well. And uh, but but Spy G is the main one that I've really been trying to fund for them. So it is the growth account, the the more growth side of the S and P five hundred. So when I'm saying that, what are we looking at? Uh, when I look at the portfolio here on on E-Trade, what do we got? Um, it is 99% North American, 99% U.S. accounts or U.S. stocks. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, Alphabet, A and C, which is Google, uh, Meta, which is Facebook, NVIDIA, Eli Lilly, Home Depot is the top 10 there. And that's going to make up uh, Apple's about 14% of this fund by itself. Microsoft's 11. Uh, so I would shoot to say, looking at these numbers, maybe 40% of it is com compiled. Well, no, it says 52.5% is in this top 10 holdings. Uh, so definitely heavy on, uh, on tech. But uh, with the sell-off that we've had, we've seen tech come down the most. We've seen the NASDAQ get pummeled the most. Uh, so the fact that I can now buy these quality names all by buying one ticker in order to uh, kind of fund their college 
is really what I'm looking to do here. I really don't want to tie myself to one name. The uh, the S and P 500 is uh, is great, but uh, I'm really looking for some more growth for them. And uh, as I get a little bit closer to that college age, maybe I'll, I'll dial that back and get out of some of the growth and maybe throw in some more dividend names for a little bit of safety, a little bit of uh, less volatility in there. So when this does rebound uh, and we do go back up that 40, 50, 60 percent, as we normally see two or three years after a recession, uh, then maybe I want to you know, go ahead and swap into something that's going to be less volatile. Let that growth take its course. Uh, and then add in some of those other names that, uh, you know, are the dividend aristocrats or uh, like VIG would give us uh, more in that uh, that dividend basket that we're looking for. Because VIG is going to be paying. Where are we at? We've got uh, the dividend appreciation index from Vanguard. It's currently about 2.13 uh, percent, whereas SPY G is only about 1 percent. So it does up it a little bit there. Yes, there's uh, some other uh, real estate investment trust ETFs that you could get into that are going to pay more near 4%. If you want single stock exposure, there's certainly a lot that are yielding more than that right now. But uh, yeah, it's just one way that I'm really trying to uh, get all those great names at a discount right now. I understand that it can go lower. I understand that it probably will go lower uh, the more that we see these Fed rate hikes come in. Uh, but ultimately, in that two-year time frame, I think we're going to turn back around and we're going to be glad that we're buying companies like Apple, Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA going through some of these chip problems. And the fact that uh, Biden's trying to lock down the amount of chips and technology that we're sending to China. Uh, there's also some other problems going on with that that I was just reading about. Uh, ultimately, where we're not getting a lot of other uh, parts and things over to China, so they can't really build out these different platforms. They're talking about going to have some supply chain hiccups where I think they were going to uh, give some exemptions for companies like Samsung and uh, another one that I forget the name of. But ultimately, we're not getting those materials over there. And we could have more supply chain disruptions from not being able to produce these products. Uh, so hopefully we get that under control because the, the last thing we need is more semiconductor hiccups. But uh I mean, as I was saying, you, you've got companies like NVIDIA and Lamb Research and uh, KLA and all these other ones that are great companies, uh, Qualcomm, throw that one in there, that are ultimately just getting destroyed on the fact of all this pain that's in the market and the fact that we're not sending all these chips over to China to ultimately produce more product. Uh, so when I'm looking at Qualcomm here, we hit 193 back on the 5th of January we are now down at $113. And uh, that takes it down to a uh, PE ratio of 9.6. And, and now, again, we've got China problems, US-China tensions. We ultimately don't know where this one's going to go. But uh, for me, Qualcomm at a PE of 9 is way too cheap. So if I am looking to buy, I want to be buying companies like this that are getting just destroyed from some of these uh kind of tensions that are out there right now uh, for that long term. I don't think that these companies are going to stay down there forever. Uh, I don't think that it's going to last. Uh, I know we're building some huge foundries here in the U.S. I know Micron had one of the largest uh, plans to build in New York, and that one's trading down at 6.82%. Now, am I saying to slam the buy button on all these? No. Uh, Micron being a commodity chip maker is not the one that I'd 
probably lean towards anyhow. But uh, I am definitely saying for me that I don't see these companies staying down this low for that long. And uh, it could be a good time to add to a position. You know, I, I remember earlier this year, Qualcomm getting down into the 140s was was big to me, knowing that uh, the PE at that point was probably like a 13, 14. And now it just continually comes down on more of these fears. So I take all that into account when I'm looking to build some of these long-term positions uh, and really build up these names for myself. But when I'm looking at my uh, the, the kids' portfolios, those custodial accounts, uh, I'm really looking to get uh, a well-rounded S&P or going into that growth side of the S&P to get more NASDAQ names. I really want to look at those as uh, I really don't want to be a stock picker on their accounts. Uh, for me, I know I've got more of that long-term time horizon. For them, uh, I know it's more of a short term. I want to maximize the amount of, uh, of gains that I can have. And uh, I really don't want to have any couple names that are going to take it down drastically. Um, when something like NVIDIA happens where, you know, they were trading, uh, you know, up near that 300 mark earlier this year, and now we're down at 119. Uh, yeah, I mean, shoot, NVIDIA, that's a, that's a perfect example of why I don't want to just have single stock exposure for a short dated uh, type of account because they were 346 in November. Uh, this one has been one of the largest best returners in the past 10 years. Uh, I forget that percentage turnaround in that 10 years, but they were 346 and now we're at 119. So definitely just a major haircut off of where we were. And uh, ultimately one that I don't want to tie the whole portfolio to on something that's going to be short dated and need it for a set amount of time. Uh, you know, we need that money when, uh, when they turn 18, if they go to trade school, if they go to college, uh, or whatever they decide to do, I don't want to not have those funds there and have to pull from other areas in order to, to get them through these, uh, um, college years or whatever years that we're going to be faced with. So, uh, for me, yes, they're great names. They're, they're great names to be looking at buying on this major pullback. Um, analyst research on, uh, Qualcomm put it up near, uh, 180, 190, I believe it was. And from here on NVIDIA, average price targets 200. So there is about $80 of upside, according to 32 different analysts. But uh, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some pain. So take all that into account when you are looking at uh, what's going on out there. I'm not rushing to buy anything right now, as I know that uh, there is some more pain points coming up. We saw that in the FedWatch tool. We saw it in some of the different... Uh, tensions that are coming in from us china we see a lot of the different things that are going on out there i don't know that it's over i still will dollar cost average into high conviction names i don't really want to touch anything that is too risky right now but uh, overall um there are some great deals that's not to say that they're not going to get even better though so just keep some of that cash on the sideline understand where you're buying understand the market and uh pretty much stick to that plan that you've built. I've hoped that you've, you've built a plan. I hope in, in listening that uh, you've kind of had a game plan that gets formed around the names that you're buying, why you're buying them, market cycles, business cycles, and uh, really just kind of have that long-term vision of where you want to go and how we're going to get there. And for me, those, uh, those dollar cost averaging into positions is ultimately going to be that way that I know that I'm going to be fine in 20 to 30 years. When, uh, you know, I don't want to work anymore. I want to slow down. I want to, you know, travel more, things like that. I want to be ready for it. So 
Uh, ultimately, that's what I'm doing. And uh, like I said, my buys are a little bit more limited right now for a couple different reasons. But, uh, you know, when that market does settle down, we get some stability. We get a couple green lights of some things that are looking up, looking like the Fed might pivot, looking like, you know, the some of the tensions out there in Russia, Ukraine and, uh, you know, all the different problems we've got are ultimately subsiding. That's really what I'm looking for. So that's what I've got for you right now. Stick around. I'm going to head to a break. That was a long winded 20 minutes and uh, we're going to take a quick breather. So stick around. All right, guys, we are back here. And uh, for the investing challenge, we are looking at week 42. And uh, this week we had five different names. We've always got five. But uh, so we were first looking at the name General Mills. Ticker is GIS. We were looking at them for uh, a lot of their consumer staple business and also some of their pet food products, uh, uh, Blue Buffalo line being uh, uh, one of their predominant players. And they've been doing really well with that line. Uh, so that one was in the running this week uh, for those reasons and the fact that uh, during a recession that these food stocks should be able to stay uh, positive and, and give some decent returns while uh, not being as volatile as some of these other stocks. Uh, number two, we were looking at an industrial play for a kind of turnaround story. And uh, we were looking at Honeywell for their uh, kind of diverse uh, product line. They got a little bit of things in a lot of spots and, uh, you know, they were looking to grow through uh, product development, through their pipeline and also from uh, acquisitions. So the number two was Honeywell, H-O-N. Uh, number three was Innovative Industrial Properties, I-I-P-R. And uh, that one was the uh, the one that uh, had the most upside this week. I believe it was about 70% of upside when I looked uh, last week. It's probably changed a little bit as the market's been uh, kind of crazy this this past week. But uh, yeah, they are in that warehouse space for uh, cannabis plays. So if uh, cannabis does get legalized, they should certainly see a, a boost from that. Uh, they've got the, the, the spaces for these uh, different companies to grow and also warehouse their products. That is their business. That's what they do. So they're a REIT and they're going to give us a good amount of a, a dividend as well. Uh, so I was looking at that one for the dividend, but also for some of these growth opportunities that they have in that lane. Uh, number four was LHX, uh, L3 Harris. Uh, we've seen the the rising demand for defense and a lot of companies that didn't think we were or a lot of companies, a lot of countries that never thought we were going to go back to war. Uh, got pulled into a war and they need these different systems for uh, defense of their country uh, as well as being on the offense as well. Uh, so if they've given uh, any type of weapons to Ukraine, they need to you know stockpile a little bit more for themselves now that they've given some away. Uh, and the, just this backlog for all these defense contractors is growing and they've just got more, uh, more and more orders that they are just uh, trying to fulfill. And uh, LHX also bought another company, so they're trying to grow through acquisitions as well. Uh, so that one kind of, you know, hit me on the radar uh, that the, the defense name should be doing well going through some of the, the ongoing problems that are out there in the world. And number five was another recession favorite. And uh, this one, I guess, was considered, I guess it was considered consumer discretionary. Uh, I think that's what we saw when I looked it up was uh, McDonald's was MCD. 
And uh, it's going to be one that's going to do really well in a recession. And uh, just one thing that uh, is going to be that quick, fast, cheap meal, uh, you know, probably a, you know, lower cost alternative than some of the other restaurant names that are out there. Uh, so that one made the name uh, the list for uh, week 42. But uh, ultimately, we are going to be buying IIPR, which uh, kind of surprised me. I really wanted to see that one get added. Um, and we will be adding it uh, on Monday around lunchtime. Let some of that volatility shake out and ultimately get back in there to buy $200 worth with my own money and uh, put it in our Webull portfolio uh, in order to kind of track our progress over the year, find some different themes, some different names that could work for us, and ultimately try to outperform the S&P 500. So with this one, uh, we are getting a 7.72% dividend on uh, the shares that are about $90.58 at the moment. Futures are looking up as I'm recording now Sunday night. And uh, we do have about 76% of upside. So over 80% of upside with uh, that dividend included. So definitely one that uh, could give us some massive returns. And also kind of be in that right space, that warehousing space. Also, uh, the production space for these cannabis companies to run their operations. So a lot of different reasons to be buying this one. But uh, yeah, so if you guys could go ahead and if you haven't voted uh, before, please go ahead and go over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Follow along and get your votes in over there. That definitely would help, uh, you know, grow the uh, the votes and try to get some more numbers in those uh, answers that we're looking for over there. So. Uh, and also, if you can go ahead and like, subscribe, and share these uh, different analyses and uh, all the different recordings take a lot of time. So I would certainly appreciate any type of share that you could give and uh, any reviews. That would be great as well. But uh, yeah, this week, and uh, we've got five new names. And some of them we've looked at before. Some of them are already in the portfolio. And others, we're, we're just trying to branch out and see some other things here. So first up is Google. We are looking at Google. Um, personally, I think it's getting too cheap. We are down to 96.38. Uh, I had looked at this one on Yahoo Finance and uh, it was oversold. It was getting down to that oversold territory and... Uh, also well below that uh, simple moving average. So that one definitely struck me as one that we could really capitalize on. The uh, The PE is getting fairly cheap, still a little bit more expensive than the S&P 500. It is coming in at an 18.4, but uh, definitely trading below where it normally trades. The, uh, the price to sales is getting cheap too. I believe the five-year average on this one was 2.9. And it is now coming in at 2.1. So I'm going to try to pull that one back up here. But uh, definitely one that I thought should continue to do well uh, in that long term. I know we're, we've got some recession talks and advertising dollars could be coming down. But uh, Google is just one that I want to be in for the long term. And when it's under 100 like it is right now, uh, ultimately, it's just one that I want to accumulate more and more of. Uh, so yeah, that one is definitely one that is on my radar. Uh, if you guys have other stocks that you really want me to look at, feel free to message them my way uh, over there on the Let It Grow Investing page. That's probably the best way to reach me. 
But uh, yeah, price targets. Let's look at it. 43 analysts have a average price target of $142. Uh, with this report, it says it's about 43% of upside. Uh, we also have uh, annual revenues going up about 25% for 2023. So definitely got some growth there. Uh, that's what's forecasted. We've got uh, a 44% discount to their five-year average trailing PE, uh, which I said was 18.4. Five-year average is a 33. And the forward PE is a little bit lower even still. It's an 18.1. Five-year average is a 26.1. So a 31% discount there. So a lot of different reasons here that I like Google. And uh, they are coming out with some new products as well. They've got the new watches and uh, the new phones coming out. Got the, I believe the new Pixel Buds, uh, earbuds are coming out as well. So a lot of different things coming out. And uh, I think they're trying to branch out of just simply that uh, um, search, you know, getting away from just simply being a search company. They have been branching out more and more. And uh, one that I think will continue to win that race uh, on search, but uh, one that I really do think has a, a strong runway to get into some other uh, avenues for some more growth as well. Uh, so number two, uh, we're looking at uh, chip player, uh, chip maker, and that one this week is going to be Qualcomm. So we've looked at, uh, I looked at a couple others as well. I looked at uh, Broadcom, I looked at NVIDIA, I kind of ran through all these different numbers. So why am I looking at Qualcomm? Well, they have a lot of upside even compared to some of these other names. Their PE is under a 10, which is crazy cheap to me. It's at 9.75 on a chip, chip company that is very cheap. We've got a dividend yield of 2.65%. They are uh, just reinstated, not reinstated, but they reassured that dividend going forward. And we got some other numbers here from Reuters that I was looking at as well. We've got uh, price target, about 60% of upside from here uh, for an average price target of 181. We've got annual revenues to be growing 39.8% in 2023. Uh, so that's even with uh, some of the, the talks of all the different problems out there with U.S.-China relations, we still are looking at a 40% annual revenue growth for the next calendar year. We've got uh, dividend growth, 6%. We've got a dividend payout of 25%. I like that. You don't want to see it really above 60 uh, for some of these growth companies. Uh, you're going to see it higher for some of the old uh, staple, the old dividend aristocrats. Sometimes they get closer to 80 uh, and then the REITs, they're going to be higher than that, but that's kind of what makes them a REIT. They have to pay out those dividends uh, to maintain that status as a REIT. Uh, so being that it is cheap there, I definitely like that. They can cover the, the dividend 3.7 times with the cash that they have on hand. That's definitely nice and good to know. That peg ratio is a little bit high right now. It's coming in at a 1.2. Uh, their five-year average is a 1.0. And that's also pretty typical uh, of where we want to see a lot of these different stocks. But the S&P 500 index is a 1.5. So cheaper than the S&P, uh, running a little bit higher uh, on that peg ratio to what they normally trade out. Now, their trailing PE is a 10. 
and uh, their five-year average is a 28. So it is 65% cheaper than their average. Uh, the forward PE, as I said, is 8.9, represents a 48% discount to where they normally trade. So those numbers are looking really good for Qualcomm. Couple that with a annual revenue that is going up that 40% and uh, a lot of reasons that uh, I think Qualcomm and the other chip makers are going to be just fine once all this U.S.-China things get sorted out. I think we're oversold on some of that news, but uh, I do think that they will certainly come back. We're going to need these companies. We all know it. We've seen it. We saw when the chip shortage happened, everyone needed them. Uh, so they're still going to be around. They're not going anywhere. And we're just putting more and more chips in more and more items. So I definitely think that is a good name to be in. And uh, the amount of upside and the revenue definitely helps that as well. All right, rolling into number three. And where are we here? I'm looking at PayPal this week. And uh, PayPal, I know we've gotten a beat down in PayPal uh, over, over the past year or so. We are down to about $80.47 as I'm uh, actually $80.02 after hours uh, that I'm looking at right here on Yahoo. Uh, let me pull it back up on Reuters though. I know this one was one that I was taking a peek at on there. So we've got uh, our yearly high was 273 in uh, last October. We are now at that, like I said, $80 mark. So definitely a large haircut. So if you've been in this one a long time, it's uh, it's probably been a rocky road for you. But uh, it is rated as a buy right now. We've got uh, earnings rated as a 10. We've got a price target that represents about 42% of upside from here. We've got 25% growth in annual revenue for 2023. Uh, where else are we? We've got a... Uh, forward peg ratio that is a 21% discount, a trailing PE that is a 17% discount, and a forward PE of a 50% discount. So a lot of you know a lot of different things that are happening for PayPal. They're looking to uh, partner with more different companies to have discounts right from ordering off of PayPal, uh, similar to like eBay to Rakuten but now they're doing it right from uh, the PayPal app. So they've already got all your payment information. You can order right from there, get cash back with some of the different uh, partners. They've also got the PayPal savings accounts that they're looking to uh, really kind of grow as well. Uh, and they've also got uh, some crypto over there. So more of that whole all-in-one kind of uh, payment play and uh, kind of a more of an ecosystem that they're trying to build going forward. So I definitely like this one. I know it's uh, it's been tough to be in. Uh, I know that Kathy Wood and the ARC names are buying this one pretty heavily right now. And I had told you guys a while back, if it got near that $70 mark in that $70 range, back to where it was trading earlier this year, it'd probably be one that I was looking at. Uh, so it's getting back down to that area. Uh, so I guess this is the week that we're going to add it in and ultimately see if leading into the holidays that people aren't doing more shopping and using PayPal. I think that might be uh, kind of, you know, I think we're kind of kicking off that holiday shopping season early. So again, PayPal for uh, week 43, that's number three. Um, all right, then let's roll right into the next one. We've got uh, 
I don't know if you guys are listening to some of these other uh, the news out there on some different names, but uh, this one was in the the news this week. It was uh, Kroger. KR is the ticker. And they are in the news for buying Albertsons, another grocery store chain. And they are, you know, using uh, their money and, you know, looking to grow by adding more stores. And this time it's in the way of Albertsons. So they are actually holding off on the buybacks, the the share buybacks, and they're putting that money to use by buying another uh, store. Uh, so they are trading down at the moment. They're at $43. And where are we? We've got a PE that's pretty low, below the average, and it's a 13. We've got a uh, dividend yield of 2.2. We've got uh, them looking to do this growth. So that's definitely going to be one thing that uh, caught my eye. And you're getting that cheaper uh, stock price, that low PE ratio. You're also going to be in that food space where, uh, you know, a lot of people are, th those prices are getting really sticky. If they're going up 10%, like we've seen, uh, a lot of those prices will kind of come down as commodities do, but I'm not sure that we're going to see it at the grocery store. We might have these elevated prices for quite some time, might make their margins a little bit better. Plus the fact that now they have more stores, uh, they can kind of not really have a monopoly, but they have more pricing power from uh, buying more in bulk. Uh, having larger orders, more buying power. Uh, so a lot of different reasons that I thought that Kroger might be a good name for this week. We've got um, about 16% of upside here. We've got 10% of annual revenue growth for 24, 7.6% uh, for 2023. Where else are we? We've got dividend growth. This is a nice number to see also. We've got 18.7% of dividend growth for the previous calendar year. Dividend payout ratio, right where I like it, 28.7%. Dividend coverage, even better here, 10.9. So we've got uh, enough money on the books to be able to pay out this dividend for, uh, I guess that's 11 quarters. So very nice coverage there. And uh, what else we got? We've got uh, a 50% discount on that forward peg. We've got a 3% discount on the uh, the trailing PE and a 7% discount on the forward PE. So that's kind of right where it trades in line on this, uh, this PE basis. But uh, I think they were going to get a little bit more growth. I think that's why we're seeing this peg ratio come into a 50% discount to where it was. Uh, a lot of this growth has not been priced into the stock shares yet. And uh, hopefully we can get it before it does go up. That would definitely be nice to see. Um, so now the last one, is one that I think we tried to add before. I don't know that it ever made it. It's been one that's done really well for me. Uh, I've also come on here and said that if this one gets down below 90, uh, it's definitely one that I want to add more to. Uh, and that name is Blackstone. And the ticker is BX. Not the grills. This one is uh, private equity. So um, a lot of that private equity money has dried up. But uh, they are looking for a lot of discounts. Uh, they've seen a lot of discounted companies and opportunities in the UK. They're trying to uh, buy some things over that way that are going to make them more money. Uh, where are we right now? We are trading at $84. And we've got about a 5.9% dividend yield. Where else are we? Let's take a look at Reuters here as well so we can kind of keep it... Uh, 
a little bit fluent with everything else we're talking about. So that, that dividend yield is really nice on this one. Uh, you're going to get about $5.83 per share uh, a year on owning these, this one. So definitely nice uh, to have that backing it as well. We've got uh, about 32% of price target upside for an average price target of 114. We've got annual revenue going up about 18.7% for 23. We've got uh, dividend growth. We've got 70% of dividend growth. Now this payout is high. It is a 93. I normally don't like to see that, but this one, uh, like I said, some of their different uh, things that they're doing right now uh, with their money, it, it is a tough climate out there for them. But uh, they pointed out in an interview earlier this week that they were uh, positioned well during the 2008-2009 crisis. They are looking to do a lot of the same things in order to weather this storm. And uh, I do think that they have a good handle on what they're doing. Uh, so the, the peg ratio is a little bit higher on this one, 26% premium to where it normally trades. It's at a, a forward peg of two. We've got a trailing PE that is at a 38% discount. So it is cheap on that uh, metric. As I said, that growth is a little bit harder in this climate. I'm looking out a little bit further on this one. And uh, like I said, it's one that's done me well uh, in my personal portfolio and uh, one that I definitely like to see that dividend come in as well. Uh, so the forward PE is a 4% discount. So nothing to write home about there. Uh, I really do like the company. I do like uh, where they're looking to grow and how they're looking to uh, manage a lot of their risk going through this. Uh, uh, what's going to possibly be a more ongoing recession that we're going to be facing. So those are the five I got for you guys this week. We've got uh, Google, Qualcomm, PayPal, Kroger, and Blackstone. So uh, please, if you haven't uh, already uh, joined the page over there on Let It Grow Investing, get over there, get your votes in, and uh, you know, let's see what happens for the rest of the year. We've only got, uh, what, um, 10 weeks left after uh, after this one gets finished up? we got 10 weeks left. So um, let's get out there. Let's get, uh, get invested, try to keep being uh, smart investors, and hopefully we can turn something around or at least build a position that we're proud of in a couple of years. So that's what I got for you guys today. Thanks for stopping by and I will catch you in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.